Today at Kayla's Church, we're talking about why the church needs to lament. Thanks for joining us today at Kalos Church. My name is Pradeep Jiva, And I'm Amrita, and we're so thankful that you joined us today. Kalos is a Greek word that means beautiful. And what we understand mm -hmm. is that there are many people that have had ugly experiences with the church, with Christianity. And we really believe as we look at the ways of Jesus and the life that he lived, that there he is so beautiful. And asking questions about what is so beautiful about Jesus is so special and so appropriate. And so that's why we exist, to make known the beauty of Jesus. Mm -hmm. If you've never been to Kalos Church before, please say hello, greetings, V-Gates, if you're German. We want to say hi, especially in this time of quarantine. We need human interaction. So please text hello in the comments or with your phone, text hello to this number. And we would love to just communicate with you. That would be a huge blessing for all of us. Yes. And today, before Pastor Pradeepin completes our final message on mm -hmm. death to selfie in this series, we actually want to share a prayer request and a praise report. We've been doing this every week since we became an online church right now during this quarantine. And it's been really, really powerful to pray for people in this space. And we've seen God do miraculous things. So the first thing I want to share is a praise report, something that really is miraculous. It's going to blow your mind. And that is this. Early this last week, we as a church decided to partner with Jubilee Reach and become sponsors who buy groceries for families in need here in Bellevue. Mm -hmm. And we posted this to our Kalos Church community and in less than 24 hours we reached our goal and 20 families yeah. signed up to be sponsors and buy groceries for seven weeks for families who need groceries. Hey, I just want to say you're an incredible mm -hmm. community, Kalos Church. Praise God for your generosity, for thinking about others in a time where we could very quickly just be thinking about ourselves. Yeah, yeah. But you guys are thinking about others and we are making a difference in our community. Community yeah. during this time. So that is a huge praise report. Praise the Lord. And I wanted to share to you a prayer request um, that we share every single week. And I want to pray for someone who has been a, a vital part of our team here at Kalos Church, and that is Rachel Jennings. Mm -hmm. And just this, uh, a couple weeks ago, Rachel actually found out that she lost her job. Many of you may be facing that as well. And it's really mm -hmm. such a hard thing um, when you love your job and yeah. it's a huge part of who you are and your routine. And, and, and most importantly, it is how uh, you're able to pay your bills and have the finances that you do. One thing yeah. that uh, is so awesome about Rachel is that she's actually put a lot of time and hours into Kayla's church. And one of the things that was sustaining them is, is her job that she yeah. also loved in downtown Bellevue. And so we want to pray for Rachel. I want to pray for you. Uh, if you don't know the Jennings, they actually just bought a house in Renton a few months ago. And um, one of the things that this quarantine, I think, is doing is really messing with our plans. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really making us have to rethink and re 
look at our finances and it can be scary to look at the future with the bills and the dreams that we had. And so I want to lift up Rachel and Andrew. I want to lift up those of you that say, I have had plans and they have really been messed up through this whole thing. And so I want to pray here in just a second. I want to share just a really quick scripture with you found in Proverbs 16. And it says this, commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. So that's what I'm praying for. In fact, a few other people that we've prayed for to get jobs who have, who have lost them have pretty quickly gotten jobs again. Yeah. And so I'm going to pray that same thing, that there would be a consistent, miraculous provision for those of you that have lost your job and looking for jobs. So let's all take just a moment to pray together. Father, I thank you so much that you are the one who provides everything that we need. And Lord, if we're honest, there's a lot going on and and this situation is really messing up our plans. It's really um, intervening in a way, God, that is really a struggle for us as we look to our future and we consider the bills that we have to pay. And Father, I just ask that you would provide. Um, Lord, we put our trust in you. And Mm -hmm. Father, I ask for a job for Rachel. Yes, Lord. Lord Jesus, I ask for those that are looking for a job, those that have been let go, those that are feeling really down and discouraged because being let go at a job is really, really hard. And so right now, God, as a church community, we just pray and we ask that you would provide miraculous provision in yes. Jesus' name, yes, that jobs would come as quickly as they they are leaving, Father. Yes. So I just thank you. We pray for the Jennings. We ask that you would surround them, Lord Jesus, protect them, guide them, and provide everything that they need in the weeks and months to come. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, hey, we're so thankful that you joined us today. And Pastor Pradeepan is about to share a message. Let's just give it up for him. We're so thankful that you're preaching today. Yes. Well, today we're continuing our Death to Selfie series. And it's actually the last installment, the final message. And I remember when we first started the series, if you can even remember it, we were meeting in person, the good old days. And now we're online more than a month now. And I'm excited about what God is doing. And, you know, as coronavirus as causing a pandemic and as we're in a quarantine, a lot of us are responding to this in different ways. And before we get into the meat of the message, I want to share some humorous ways some of us are responding to the quarantine, the pandemic. It's hitting us all sorts of angles right now. As we can see, communion has changed a lot. And this is what it would have looked like if Jesus did communion during a quarantine. It's a it's a Zoom union. I don't know if that's a Uh, appropriate to joke about but here we are and uh, I love them they're all in their different boxes here's another one this one really resonates with me time looking at exponential graphs you know in January I really wasn't looking at them that much you know but now it's March and it's exponential growth I just look at exponential graphs all the time it's wild what a world we're living in and uh, this one really resonates with me as a parent. How about you, honey? Oh, the yeah. whole idea of kids at home and trying to entertain them and educate them and be uh, a play partner and being a good parent. And so when parents ask me how I'm managing my kids' screen time during the quarantine, we just laugh like Tom Cruise. And if you saw Pastor Amrita's message from last week, we love Tom Cruise movies. <laughs> 
especially when they go with kids. We can't get enough. You know, we're talking about how we're all dealing with this new reality of a pandemic, of quarantine, of fear and anxiety, of a pestilence, a plague that's sweeping our world. And we all deal with it in different ways. And we just want to talk about this and to get into the mindset as we conclude this series, we want to jump into a very famous Palm Sunday passage. Today is Palm Sunday. It's where Jesus is making his way into Jerusalem and people are celebrating him. Hosanna in the highest. He had great wonders and miracles. And I want us to notice that in this passage, Jesus is in this time of celebration, but in one moment, he flips the script and starts weeping over Jerusalem. And I can really relate with this passage. Let's read in Luke chapter 19. It says, And they brought it to Jesus, and throwing their cloaks on the colt, they set Jesus on it. As he rode along, they spread their cloaks on the road. As he was drawing near, already on the way down the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of his disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works they had seen. And so they're celebrating Jesus, and here's where the script completely flips in verse 41. And when he drew near and saw the city, he wept over it, saying, Would that you, even you, had known on this day the things that make for peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. For the days will come upon you when your enemies will set up a barricade around you and surround you and hem you in on every side and tear you down to the ground, you and your children within you. And so the celebration turns to weeping. And I feel like all of the world has experienced this. It's a brand new year. It's 2020. We're so excited for a brand new decade. Things are looking good. And very quickly, everything's been turned upside down. There's a a pestilence. There's coronavirus. There's people dying. There's people just experiencing sickness. There's people that are losing jobs. And I just want to be quite frank. I resonate with Jesus weeping over a city. I am so fed up with coronavirus. I'm just angry with it. It's taking a toll on our church, on our people. It's taking a toll on my children. It's taking a toll on our families. It's dealing with people's anxiety and creating fear and panic. And people aren't knowing what to do. There's not a lot of optimism in the future. And on a a lighter note, there's some realities that are affecting us. Like you can probably see Pastor Pradeepin, why don't you have a haircut? Mm. Well, because of the quarantine, the essential services did not count my barber. And so now look at me, (laughs) look at this. I'm just sick of it. And I bought some clippers because my wife will only cut my hair twice because she wants to preserve our marriage because she knows I'm so picky with my haircut. So now I'm going to use some Norelco clippers to cut my own hair. I am so sick of coronavirus. Can I get a good amen? Amen. It's just ridiculous. My kids are home nonstop. You can only spend so much time with your kids. <laughs> what are we, I mean, eight hours of playing? Peekaboo for 10 hours? There is a limit. And those are lighter things, but the reality is it's a pretty heavy issue. And we kind of have to laugh our way through this because there's a lot of negativity in the world. Mm. I just read a report where this this governor from Connecticut said that a uh, six-week-old baby just died, and they're uh, attributing it to coronavirus. Mm. And that just breaks my heart. Mm. They're saying that over 100,000 restaurants are going to permanently go out of business. And that's a lot of people in our congregation. They get their money from the food industry. And 
the business and coffee shops and a lot of small businesses are going under. You know, we're hitting record unemployment applications. And it's just like when people are without jobs and when people feel like they don't have purpose and when people don't feel like they have optimism for the future, that takes a toll on our mental state. And that's just scary. And it it hurts. It's painful. People have lost a lot of their retirement money as the stocks went down. It's just it's just crazy. And people are being political in this midst and arguing with one another when people are literally suffering and dying and hospitals are overcrowded and our church can't meet in person. And we so desperately want to be able to grab everybody and hug you and just encourage you, lay hands and pray. And yet we're separated from each other. And coronavirus is making me angry and makes me want to weep over the city like Jesus weeps over Jerusalem. And uh, I don't know, when I share some of this negative negativity, maybe you're feeling some negative energy from me right now. When I share this with a lot of Christians, people are like, whoa, Pradeepin, chill out. Like, God is in control. Mm. Hey, just have faith. Mm. We need to choose faith over fear. And I love that. Obviously, I'm a preacher. I believe we have victory in Christ. I decree the scriptures over people. But I don't know if you're like me. Maybe I'm just a bad Christian. But sometimes when people say these statements of hope, it just sounds like hype to me. It feels like you're just trying to motivate me instead of recognizing the pain and the reality that millions of people around the world are facing. Mm. And I don't know, how do you respond to times of pain and sadness? How do you respond when the world is going wrong? Some of us, maybe we are people who just can't admit things are going wrong. We want to be people of faith. We just want to say, oh, no, uh, we have victory in Christ. I don't have to acknowledge that. And that's actually a pet peeve of mine. You know, if I talk to someone, I'm like, hey, how are you doing? I heard, I heard you're feeling a little sick. And they're like, ah, I'm not sick. I'm blessed in the Lord. I'm like, are you coughing? I see snot coming out of your nose. No, I'm not sick. And they're like, oh, they're coughing and their snot's everywhere. And they just look so bad. They just can't admit it because they want to stand on the word of the Lord. And I totally get that. We have promises of God that we can stand on. And some people, I think they take it a little too far where they just can't admit anything is wrong, anything is painful, anything is bad. We just want to be super positive people, don't want to put anything negative into the universe. And then there's some of us on the other end that when bad things happen, it's like it becomes our whole whole identity. It's like everything is wrong in the world. There (laughs) is no hope. We're all going to die. I'm a doomsdayer. Like, hey, just give up on life now. Get out of here while you can. Buy some guns. Let's go to Hobby Lobby. Like, you know, it's just like there's no hope. And like, I think sometimes that's too far because it's like, where is God in your pain? (laughs) Like, it's like we don't even want to pray. We're just going to take care of ourselves. We're giving up on God because you feel like he gave he gave up on us and so we're just moving forward i don't know how do you respond in times of pain and today i don't think we should fall into any of these crazy extreme categories but today as we deal with our pain in a healthy way i think there's a tool that can help us kind of fall in a healthy balance of these two where we recognize our pain we acknowledge our reality but we also stand on the word of god and faith and so i want to talk about something that's Uh, maybe something you're unfamiliar with, and it's the subject called lament or lamenting. In fact, there's a whole book of the Bible in the Old Testament called Lamentations. And even though there's a whole book in the Bible called Lamentations, I I would dare guess that many of us don't even know what it means to lament. Mm -hmm. We don't know how to lament. And I think, especially in this painful time of coronavirus, this is something we really need to blow the dust off of Mm -hmm. because it's going to help us process in a healthy biblical way these crazy unique interesting times Mm -hmm. and so what does it mean to lament number one 
Lament is the prayer language of pain. Mm. Lamenting is simply expressing our sorrow, our grief, our pain, our distress to God. Lament is our prayer language in our time of pain. It's a way of spiritually saying, ouch. Like when I stub my toe on something, I'll physically say, ouch, that really hurt. Does that mean I don't have faith for the future that my toe will feel better? No, but in that moment, I acknowledge that my toe hurts. Lamenting is spiritually saying, ouch, something in my spirit is grieving. Something in my gut is hurting. Something is aching within me and I'm going to acknowledge it and I'm going to recognize it. Ouch. I mean, how do you pray next to a mass grave? Those Christian cliches don't work there. Mm. You know, hey, mass grave, everything is going to be all right. Well, to the people who have already died, people who have already suffered, those cliches don't just cut it. We need a new prayer language for those times. And lament really does that. Let me give you an example from Psalm 13. This is written by David, a man after God's own heart. And this is what that psalmist writes. He says, how long, Lord, will you forget me forever? This is the man after God's own heart. This is a person of faith, a man who had seen miracles of God all over his life. And he says, how long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? Could you pray a prayer like that? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer me, Lord, my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death and my enemy will say I have overcome him and my foes will rejoice when I fall. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise for he has been good to me. And this is a a lament and we're going to go through this whole structure, a lament at the end of this message. I'm going to teach you practically. I'm going to walk you through how do we lament and, but let's just focus on the why and the what of lament first. And, you know, in our life, I think sometimes we're, we're afraid to bring our real emotions and reality to God. We think, ah, I I just want to honor God. I want to reverence him. I want to have a healthy fear of the Lord, but I want to let you know your prayers with God don't have to be polite. You can pray prayers like the psalmist writes in the Holy Mm. Scripture. Mm. God, how long will you forget me? Mm. How long will you let everything triumph for me? You can be impolite with God. And this is just a crazy reality. When my my kids cry, and they cry a lot, like I want to comfort them. But when my kid falls off a chair or something, and it hurts so bad that they can't make any noise, and they don't cry, that scares me what much worse. Mm-hmm. That's so scary because you know, like they're shocked, they're numb, they can't even uh, like belt out a scream. That's scary as a parent, mm-hmm. isn't it? Yeah. And I think God feels the same way. Like when we're going through a painful time like coronavirus, like a job loss, like a divorce, like an ache in our soul, and we just don't have the words and we're silent, God's like, speak to me. Mm. Like, tell me what's going on in your heart. Like the silence is worse. I want to be close to you. I love you. Because we have a God who laments. And when we weep, he weeps with us. Mm. Jesus wept over Jerusalem. So many times in the Old Testament, God laments over the wickedness of humanity. We see when Lazarus dies, the disciple, the one that Jesus loved, right? Like Jesus weeps right before he resurrects him from the grave. And he sits in that pain. And lament is something that we can do. And it doesn't mean we're not people of faith. It doesn't mean we have a victim mentality. It doesn't mean we're making our identity as people who don't trust in God. It means we're in pain. And it's okay to recognize that. It's okay to say, ouch, spiritually when you're hurting. And that's what lament does. 
Let me read a quote by John Larson. Christian lament is not simply complaint. Yes, it stares stares clear-eyed at awfulness and even wonders if God is gone. Yet at its fullest, biblical lament expresses sorrow over losing a world that was once good alongside a belief that it can be made good again. Lament isn't giving up, it's giving over. When we lift up our sorrow and pain, we turn it over to the only one who can meet it, our God. Our God. And so that's what lament is. So number two, how how does lamenting help us? Well, lament turns you towards God when sorrow learns you away. And this is still Kalos Church, so if you want it to rhyme, here's your rhyme. When pain lures us away, lament leads us to Yahweh. There you go. Nailed it. We did it. You know, there are lures There are temptations. Pain often beckons us away from God. God, where were you in my time in trouble? You know what? I'm done with you. You didn't answer my prayer. And so pain says, you know what? I'm just going to go on my own way. God didn't answer my prayer. God didn't come, right? If you would have been here, they said, the friends of Lazarus, Jesus, if you would have showed up, like Lazarus would still be alive. When there's a storm, the disciples are in a boat. They wake up Jesus and they're like, Jesus, do you even care, right? And there's so many times, I don't know if you've ever felt like that. God, do you even care? And our pain lures us away. Well, lament this prayer language of pain brings us to God with our pain. And it's so important that we do that. It's not denying victory. It's saying, I'm going to bring my true feelings, my true emotions to someone I can trust with it. And I think it's an act of worship and a statement of faith when you say, God, I trust you enough to bring you my worst. God, I trust you enough to bring you my pain. Mm. I trust you with my tears. I know when I have friends that are vulnerable enough to cry with me. I feel like, Mm -hmm. wow, they really trust me. Mm -hmm. They really believe that I have good thoughts and good plans for them. Well, God's the same way. Mm -hmm. And so important, especially in our times of pain, that we go to God because he is the one who can restore us. He's the one who can heal us. He's the one who can love us through any situation. This passage from Mark Vrogop says it like this. It vocalizes the pain of the moment while believing that help is on the way. Mm -hmm. Lament gives us hope because it gives us a glimpse of truth. And we need hope. Mm -hmm. When we're going through pain, we need hope. And in order to experience resurrection, we first need to acknowledge the death. And the truth is we are in pain. And when we acknowledge that little truth, we can step into the full truth that God can redeem any pain. God can turn any evil and use it for his glory. And that's not just hype. That is the reality. And it starts off with recognizing the pain of our reality. And here's something crazy, and it might sound heretical, but I I just want to share this. Christianity doesn't have all the answers. And what I mean by that, I believe Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, that he is the, the way to the Father. But Christianity doesn't have all the answers. If I ask Christianity, hey, why did coronavirus happen in 2020? Why did it have it happen like this? Why is God healing this person, but not this person? Why did this person get to be born in this family and not this family? Why was this kid born with special needs and not that kid? There are some parts of our life where we can't quantify God. There are some parts of God that's still a mystery. Mm -hmm. You can't put God in this scientific box. Mm -hmm. Our faith requires faith. 
And to have faith means you don't know how everything is going to turn out in all of its details. And uh, I wrote this rap song recently, kind of a lament, expressing the pain of having a son with autism. Now, I remember sharing this song with some people and they're like, whoa, are you okay? Do you trust in God? And I mean, these lyrics are, are intense. Some of the lyrics are, sometimes I can't stand seeing him. He reminds me of the prayers God isn't answering. I'm trying to be a good father. Why bother? If I left, he'd find another. What should I do when you scream for hours? I wanted to be super dad, but I lost my powers. And this is my prayer and my expression to God, going through real pain. And, and people are like, are you okay? Are you sure you can make a song like that? You're a pastor. What if that scares the people in your church? And I just want to say, I need the gospel as much as anybody. Amen. I need to express my pain to Jesus because when I bring my pain to him, he heals me. Yeah. He heals my heart. I like this passage. Part of the practice of modest faith in times of suffering is relinquishing our right to answers. God has never promised to explain himself, but he has promised to stay near. I will never leave, he says. I will never forsake. I'm the friend that sticks closer than your brother. Do not think me unmoved by your grief. These are the faithful assurances of God as we have them in scriptures. And here is even more hope available to those willing to search it out. But let's not be fooled to think that God has promised things like it will get better. You'll see... You'll soon see the purpose behind the pain. There's never more than you can handle. Often it does get better. Often we do see purpose. Always there is sufficient grace. But lament must practice the modest faith of finding sufficient that which God provides, even if in seasons of great sorrow, it may not seem like enough. And that is a, a huge reality. But going off of that, number three, I want to share this. Lament is temporary. Mm. We serve a God. We know the end of the story that God will wipe away every tear. Mm. God will put death to death. That we will experience resurrection life in Jesus Christ. But that doesn't mean the pain isn't real. That doesn't mean the pain isn't like just all consuming. But we know a God who finishes the story with victory. And Christians can lament with hope mm. because we know that Jesus wins. Even Jesus Christ lamented on the cross. He quoted a psalmist, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? This is Jesus, fully God, fully human, saying, God, why have you forsaken me? He had a lament. He had a prayer of anguish. We know that in Jesus's prayer life that he prayed so hard and had so much stress that he began to sweat blood. Jesus felt very real emotions, just like we're feeling during this time of pandemic or tragedy in our life. And the lament that Jesus prayed on Good Friday on the cross, the lament of Good Friday was answered three days later with the empty tomb. Mm -hmm. The greatest injustice in history became the greatest display of divine mercy. Tragedy became triumph. Lament was the voice in between. Mm -hmm. And it's this prayer language before we see the fullness of God's victory. And the difference between people with faith and people without God is we know how the story ends. Mm -hmm. We have hope in the resurrection power of Jesus Christ, something we get to celebrate next week on Easter Sunday. So here's another rhyme. I believe we need to start repenting for our lack of lamenting. We need to start repenting for our lack of lamenting. We need to recover the prayer language of pain. Mm -hmm. So how do we lament? Number one, turn to God. Let's turn back to Psalm 13. Turn to God. He says, how long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? So he's approaching God. 
He's not bringing his pain to gossip. He's not bringing his pain to drugs. He's not bringing his pain to addictions. He's not trying to numb it. He's bringing it directly to God. Turn to God. Number two, bring your complaint. Be real with God. You don't have to be polite. Verse two, he says, how long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long shall my enemies be exalted over me? He's being real with God. He's complaining. Hey, if you're bringing your complaint to God, it's okay. Mm -hmm. He can handle it. Number three, ask for help. God is the source of all help. In verses three and four, he says, consider and answer me, O Lord, my God, light up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death, lest my enemies say I prevailed over him, lest my foes rejoice because I am shaken. And then number four, choose to trust. This is the destination for our laments. In five and six, but I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. And so I want to challenge you this week. Would you take a moment and bring your pain to God? Would you take a moment and lament? You can write it down. You can say it out loud, but bring your pain to God. He can handle it and he can restore you. He can bring you hope and not just hype. And uh, I am lamenting a lot. Like I said, I, I am pretty angry with a lot. You know, I want to close with this. I saw this meme of uh, a quote that a doctor in India said, and it just breaks my heart because while we're experiencing social quarantine, and there's a lot of people who just can't. And he says it like this, social distancing is a privilege. It means you live in a house large enough to practice it. Hand washing is a privilege too. It means you have access to running water. Hand sanitizers are a privilege. It means you have money to buy them. Lockdowns are a privilege. It means you can afford to be at home. Most of the ways to ward off the coronavirus are accessible only to the affluent. In essence, a disease that was spread by the rich as they flew around the globe will now kill millions of the poor. All of us who are practicing social distancing and have imposed a lockdown on ourselves must appreciate how privileged we are. Many Indians won't be able to do any of this. I lament over the deaths we've already faced and the ones that are to come. I lament the loss of jobs. I lament the pain you're going through. And so we need to bring this to Jesus. And so why don't we pray right now? Dear Father, we are so sick of coronavirus. We're so sick of the pain and tragedy it's causing. How long will this stay with us? Lord, we are just sick of it. But Lord, we turn to you and we acknowledge that you are our hope. And Lord, we ask that you would heal our land. We repent. We ask for you. We ask for your strength. We ask for your grace. We pray that you would bring supernatural healing that you would recover our economy, you'd recover our health, you'd recover our morale, you'd recover our hope. Lord, you're the only one who can. We place all of our fear, we, we place all of our pain, we place it into your loving hands, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You can trust God with your pain. Bring your lament to God. And I want to close out by giving you an opportunity to give your heart to God. If you're going through this quarantine and pain without God, I, I'm just, I realize you're not getting all of the love and support that you could. And I, I don't want that for you. It's hard enough as it is. You want God in your heart. And if you're saying, you know what? I, I don't have a guarantee for tomorrow. I'm sick of playing games with my faith. I just want to surrender my life to God. I, I just want to say now's the time to do it. Yeah. Don't wait, don't tarry. 
Like, let's get into the presence of God. Let him love you and take care of you. And if if you're saying, hey, I want to do that, I would love to pray for you right now. And we're going to put some words on the screen. And why don't we pray these words all at the same time, no matter if you're on Facebook or YouTube, wherever. Let's pray this all at the same time. Lord Lord Jesus, I need you. Thank Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I open the door of my life and receive you as my Savior and Lord. Thank you for forgiving my sins. Take control of my life. I turn from my old ways and invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. Hey, if you prayed that prayer and you're ready to surrender your life to Jesus, and I hope you are, hey, text Jesus to the number on the screen, or even just text Jesus if you're watching on Facebook or YouTube. Put it in the comments and we'll be able to follow up with you. Like we always say, we don't want to just be a friendly church, but a church of friends. And on this journey of following Jesus, we don't want you to be alone. And so why don't we thank the Lord right now for life change? Amen. Come on. Praise Amen. You, Lord. Amazing. Well, Pastor Pradeepan, thank you for just such an incredible word. I hope that that was so encouraging to you. Even just gave you permission yeah. to be sad and to lament and to take that to God. I think we needed yeah. that permission today. So thank you for yeah. that. And we're going to transition here into a time of giving. And we worship God in so many different ways. And one of the ways to worship Him is with your giving. And I want to encourage you that um, Kalo's Church, we're committed to advancing the gospel, advancing the kingdom of God through groceries, through preaching the word, through loving our neighbor. And so I want you to know that as you give today, you're giving to the church so that the church would continue to advance the kingdom of God. And so there's several ways that you can give that we're showing on the screen right now. I encourage you to continue to give during this time. I also want you to know that we have this awesome grocery outreach happening right now. I mentioned it before. And I want to show you a little video of a couple of special people who have committed to the next seven weeks of groceries for those in our community who need food. And so here Here's a little video of what all of that looks like. Hi, Kalos Church fam. Uh, We are shopping right now for a family we're sponsoring through Jubilee Reach, and we are so excited to be able to uh, bless the community. But yeah, we hope this really encourages uh, people that are facing any hardships or just struggling through anything. We just really love and value our community, and so we just want a way to give back. for signing up and being a part of this incredible outreach. And many of our families are doing that in our church Mm -hmm. right now. And I believe that it is making just a huge, huge difference. So thank you so much. Before we close today, I want to just remind you of a couple of things. And that is this. We are actually wanting you, if you want to get connected, if you want to become a part of this community, Mm -hmm. you can do that. We have a community that is existing and breathing and talking all throughout the week. We have all these small groups. You can click on the link. You can join a small group. We also want you to know that we have an opportunity for you to uh, join us in what we call our crash course. So you can actually click on this link right here 
And you can talk to a real, live human being Ooh. who's a part of our team at Kalos Church. If you click yeah. on that link, you'll actually get some opportunities to meet up with someone online so you can talk more about Kalos Church. We can pray for you. Yeah. There's so many different things that we would love to actually connect with you in real time. So be sure to click on that link. Mm -hmm. Also, we have not forgotten about our kiddos, our kids. We have church for them today as well. And so you can join us and see all of the different activities that are planned for our kids as well. We love you, Kalos Church. Yeah. I want to let you go here and just bless you uh, before you go. So may you know and make know the beauty of Jesus. May the Lord bless you and keep you, make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you, and give you peace in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Bye. Bye. Jesus, our redemption, isolation is in His blood. Jesus.